0: Hello, and welcome to Grad Chat by PhD Balance, where we talk about topics of grad school beyond academic research, and that may may be more difficult to talk about in our day-to-day lives. I'm your host, Aiden, and I'm a graphic designer for PhD Balance. Before going any further, I would like to pay respect and acknowledge that I occupy Treaty 6 territory, a traditional meeting grounds, gathering place, and traveling route to the Cree, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, Dene, and Nakota Sioux nations. If you missed it, we are now pre-recording episodes before release. All episodes are still available via video on our Ph.D. Balance YouTube channel and via audio on all major streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe on your chosen platform to get notifications about new episodes. Now, our topic today is personal and professional development in grad school, and I'm excited to welcome our guest, Dr. Sean Bittner. Sean holds a PhD in bioengineering and the associate certified coach credential from the International Coaching Federation. His graduate research focused on 3D printing and biomaterials research, and he has a combined six years of writing and presentation consulting and leadership and career coaching experience. Sean currently serves as the Director of Medical Technology Accelerator Program. We're so pleased to have you on GradChat to discuss your experiences, Sean. Thanks for coming.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about this.
0: Yeah, I think this is a really fun topic because I think it's so common in grad school that we focus only on um, like professional development type things that are directly related to our research. But of course, professional development, there's more to that. And then personal development is so important as well. So uh, why don't you explain a little bit more about the difference between personal and professional development?
1: Yeah, so I think that the biggest kind of difference for me is I'm classifying a professional development activity as something that is really either strictly or primarily geared towards, this is something that's useful for my career, whether it makes me more technically knowledgeable um, or gives me some other skill, uh, whether it's again, a, a technical skill or like a workplace relational skill, um, some type of experience that, that makes me a stronger candidate and a stronger um, employee in my career. Uh, Personal development, I'm really seeing as something that's a little bit more along the line of something for you as an individual, Um, I I think the lines can be blurred, certainly there there are things that kind of cross between them and and, uh, mix and match just based on what, you know, what your goals are at the time. Um, But I think both are really important. And, you know, like you said, I think we don't uh, spend a whole lot of time talking about personal development at all in grad school. Um, and even on the professional development side, it's often very much geared towards professional development, specifically with relation to uh, your research and your like specific niche in your PhD program, as opposed to kind of you as a broader individual.
0: Gotcha. Okay, that's really interesting. Uh, when I was thinking of like the difference between them, um, it was hard to like really put it into words. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, when should people kind of start this professional personal development? Is there really like a specific time to start or is there more to it?
1: Yeah. Um, I, with the disclaimer of like, don't freak out as soon as possible. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think um, it doesn't have to be like, I want to separate it from this big like burden, right? I, I think sometimes there's this idea of, oh, I have to do this and do that. And it's just, it feels like this big weight. Um, these things are really for you, as as a student, as a researcher, um, as a you know future career professional. Um, and so, when I say as soon as possible, I mean I really would encourage people not to feel like uh, they should wait until they're ready, or until they have enough time, or um, just until they they hit some you know kind of somewhat subjective point, um, because A, that point may never come. Uh, I, I can promise you from starting grad school, you're never going to have more free time uh, as, as the years go on in graduate school from when you start. Um, at least that was certainly not my experience. And then um, I don't think anybody ever really feels ready to learn a new skill or put themselves out there in, in getting a new experience. Um, but they can help you along the way. And, and you know, I guess I'm bouncing all over over the place a little bit here, but the more you get involved with doing these types of things outside of traditional research experience, um, they in some cases may lend themselves to additional things down that path. Um, But you may never get to those additional second, third, fourth tier things if you don't start the first tier ones.
0: Great point. I love that. Uh, before we get too far into like talking about the different, yeah, uh, or like why it's important, etc., can you give like a few examples of what classifies as like a personal development um, or a professional development, just so we have like examples yeah. when we're talking through these types of things?
1: Sure. So, so uh, I'll start with maybe some things that are exclusively personal and exclusively professional, and then kind of some that that toe the line. Um, Some personal development items, I think, you know, you mentioned earlier, the coaching certification, I was very blessed to be uh, doing my grad program at a school that had a leadership coaching institute. Um, I think leadership coaching itself is a professional development type skill with some personal involved, but the skills that you learn to become a coach, so learning a bit more about emotional intelligence and learning how to listen at a deeper level, um, learning how to give feedback effectively those have professional uses but I felt very much like they were first and foremost for me as a person mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was becoming um, you know a better person to work with a better person to be partnered with whether you Excellent. know in a friendship or um, in my marriage like I just I felt like these things were good for me um, learning language another personal development skill can have professional uses certainly um, I a few years ago decided I wanted to start learning Italian um, just that's been an interest of mine. I don't have really a, an interest or need to use that professionally. It just was something I was excited about. Yeah. Um, in terms of professional development skills, like I mentioned, there can be some really technically specific skills, learning a new software, learning um, to code. I, I know a lot of grad students, like that's a big thing now is you know learning different programming languages to help with their research, um, learning how to use different instruments, but also uh, some things that are a little bit further outside of research Uh, SciComm is huge, learning how to communicate with people, uh, learning how to distill science and uh, research down that's digestible for everybody. Um, One of the things that you mentioned in my intro was uh, being a writing coach. I've been a writing coach for four years. That's something I had to kind of learn how to do on the fly. I I realized, okay, this is an important skill that I don't think grad students necessarily get as much help as they could use um, in terms of writing but also it's going to help me as a writer myself yeah. right I, I find that my writing has been astronomically better than when i first started uh, just because of coaching other people
0: absolutely and we'll talk about it maybe in a few minutes where you can find those resources as well yeah. because i know it's different for all universities and everything but sure Okay, I really appreciate you kind of outlining a few of these so as we move forward, hopefully the listeners kind of have like um, a better idea of of what we're talking about and stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so this is a really overarching broad question but why is personal development important in <laughs> your opinion yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and maybe how it relates to how it has helped you and and you you yeah. kind of touched on that but like um how how has it shaped your ability to um, move forward in your career or your personal life
1: yeah I think I think the the point I want to go back to is just there are so many things about working in the professional world I, I guess we would, we'd call them soft skills although that's not really Super, accurate. yeah. I
0: was gonna say soft yeah. versus hard, and I was like, nah. I don't really love that term yeah. because they're still so important, it shouldn't be like soft they're all skills, but, yeah, but they're all skills, yeah. But yeah. I, yeah, I'm happy you mentioned that.
1: I think, I think there was this perception. So, I was you know, bioengineering for a PhD, uh, I also got an engineering degree for my undergrad, and, and I think there was this kind of not not stigma quite, but disbelief of like it would like they're soft skills because it's okay if you don't have them. Um, and that was just my personal experience. It was like these are things that are nice to have, but you know we can kind of let it slide if you're really technically adept. Uh, and I'm just finding that that's simply not accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, with with the asterisk that like sometimes people with uh, not as many of these soft skills do excel and have successful careers, and that's great. Um, but but the like the the entry line of like you are basically qualified for being in any type of career profession, the baseline qualification is education, right? Like that doesn't mean anything for how you'll do at the job. It just means that you did the degree or the program or the certification required to be like the bare minimum qualified. Um, And so I'm seeing personal development as like, how do I not just like be the baseline, but also thrive here and and not just thrive here technically, but also as an individual, Um, I, know that you know some of the listeners have maybe uh, pretty significant differences in their experience before and after grad school, um, whether they went directly to grad school from undergrad or did a master's or went, went to work in industry. So there's kind of a wide range. I'm thinking most people can relate to being on a team with somebody who doesn't have, again, these, these soft skills or, or hasn't worked to develop them. Um, it can be a challenge, but also Th- there's not a great opportunity in grad school to build those like directly through your program mm-hmm. um I didn't take any classes on how to be a team player I didn't take yeah. any classes on you know how to have a candid conversation with a coworker. right like those are not things that are taught yeah but they're hugely important in, yeah. in your job yeah
0: and you need to find other ways to find, to to do those yeah. so um, Did you like join clubs or? Yeah. Kind of, what was your experience with that?
1: Yeah, so in, in undergrad, I, I think I took the stereotypical approach of like at the very beginning, I joined everything. I was involved in oh, everything. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I gotta have a strong resume, and here's all these things I'm gonna do. And then uh, I think so. I did, I did a five year undergrad because I did a, a year's worth of uh, internship co op experience. Um, when I got into the end of my junior and the beginning of my senior years, I was like. This is silly. Like, this is, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I need to feel back a little Have bit. Have some and structure just do things. of like, right. yeah. Well, and also, I was doing things that I wasn't super in, interested in. Okay. Uh, because I felt yeah. like I should do them. Yeah. Um, and I was like giving the bare minimum amount of effort. And I was like, this is not helpful to me and mm-hmm. it's not helpful to them. Um, and so I started to learn, I think, a little bit too late. Okay. I'm only really going to get something out of this if I like, pare down the number of things I'm doing and actually invest time in them. Um, so I, I went to grad school thinking, okay, I'm only going to get involved with things that I'm really passionate about that I think are useful and good and helpful to other people. Um, so I did, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this, I, I think in a minute, but just, I did start on the, um, like writing coaching and, and, mm. uh, consulting type work. Um, there's a writing center at, at my university that, um, employs, uh, undergrad and grad students to help other students and and postdocs with their works. Yeah. It it was huge for me, but I I saw that as like, this is a quintessential example of it's great for me. You know, it helps me with my coaching ability. It helps me develop my own writing, frankly. Um, but also provides a really important service to some students that, um, maybe not might other might otherwise not get it at all, but it's certainly not as convenient. Right. I mean, it's, there's a difference between, There is a center dedicated to doing only this and you bring in whatever you want to talk about and show up to office hours and we'll see. Uh, I think office hours are hugely important, but I don't think all of the burden of, you know, educating on writing can, can be expected to fall on often a TA. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or, or also like a supervisor. I, I know my supervisor, um, has, You know, he has about 14 students under him. It's hard for him to be educating us on writing materials when there are other resources. He does. He does give us some basics and everything and does editing on our work, but it's a lot of extra work for him. And so it's important that us as students take that responsibility as well to have these like soft, soft skills um, and professional and personal
1: development skills. And that, and that touches on, I, I think, a challenge that's maybe outside the scope of, of this conversation, but I think there is also something to be said for, I didn't learn how to write from my grad program. I, I really oh didn't. Oh my God, I, neither. <laughs> and, well, and I don't say that disparagingly. You know, I, I don't mean to be um, like down-talking, but I really didn't. You know, the, the feedback that I got for, hey, how do I write and format my thesis proposal? How do I write and format my thesis defense? How do I write my first paper was I just ask the students the year above you in the yeah. lab. And I was like, that is not like a sustainable, <laughs> for lack of a better word, it's not a sustainable business model because yeah. like you're going to progressively lose students. I, I was very lucky when I joined my lab had 16, 17 grad students in it. Uh, I was in a big lab. It's smaller now as as students have graduated. Um, but you know, I couldn't imagine I'm I'm coming in and I'm one of the two grad students yeah. and the one year above me is year two. Like you in many yeah. cases haven't written a paper yet. So yep. where do I go to learn that stuff?
0: Yeah, I got, I did have a little bit of experience in my undergrad. There was like one paper I had to write, cool. but most of my program graduated without having to write any type of paper. Oh, and wow. then they get into grad school. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so oh, I, your undergrad paper? Okay. Uh, Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was my, th- my undergrad thesis. Okay. Um, and then when we got to grad school, like everyone's like, I have never written a paper in my life. Yeah. Like, how do you format these things? How do you do this? And I'm very fortunate that my, my supervisor did do kind of like a rundown on a how to format things Good. and stuff. Um, but, and I have taken a course on like word and everything like that. So I, but I have taken that responsibility on myself right. to, to learn those professional development skills because you do get into the workforce and they're not going to teach you how to
1: Right. Do well, different
0: things on word
1: most time. Right. Times. Well, and writing seems like one of those crossover skills that like professionally there is yeah. a lot of value in being able to communicate things technically, um, but also in a way that's easily digestible. But personally, it's good to know how to write. Um, it's yeah, it's absolutely it's a great individual skill to, to be yeah. able to sit in front of a computer or sit in front of you know a pen and paper and put things down in a way that's coherent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So with all these different like ones we've talked about, different development skills, um, would there be any that you should focus on maybe if you're going towards academia or if you're going towards industry?
1: Oh yeah, great question. So I think, again, there are some that are, are toe the line between them both, uh, relevant to them both, writing certainly relevant to them both. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not familiar with a Technical career that a PhD holder would go into, where writing isn't isn't relevant at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, I can see um, not writing, you know, full-length scientific papers. I don't do that in my job, um, but being able to write in some capacity very relevant, and being able to read others' writing and digest the science portion um, also very relevant for you know academic-oriented jobs. Teaching is huge. Uh, again, you know, a lot of students, I think, not all, but a lot go into academic jobs because they like the research, but also it could be because they love to teach. Um, yeah. but you know, learning to teach and, and teaching certificate programs are often not a core part of a grad program. It's, you know, the assumption is that, again, this idea that like the teaching aspect is a, a smaller part on the side, you'll figure it out as you go. Whereas the research is critically important. Um, that feeling bothers me. I, I really only want, I, I can't design and redesign academia myself but I really kind of only want people teaching that want to teach yes. because I think you get a lot more out of it uh, I don't know what that looks like that's above my pay grade I think <laughs> but um, learning to teach is is critically important if you are going to be educating students undergrad mm-hmm. and grad uh, also on the academic side I mean any any technical skills that could be relevant for for your future career as, as a postdoc as a professor um, yeah. I mean, again, the baseline qualification is the degree, um, yeah. and, and the things that are going to get you an academic job on top of, did you graduate from a prestigious lab and how many papers did you publish is like, what can you do? Uh, you yeah. know, how, how, <laughs> how, how can I use you? Frankly, like, like, yeah. what, what are you yeah. capable of, um, on the professional side, there's so many different things. And, and you know, I'm also only thinking in the like pretty small worldview of like, engineering and particularly right. like health science engineering not not so much um, other engineering disciplines there's a ton that PhDs can yes. do that aren't academia um, and so I think each of them has some things that are, are important um, you know if you're if you're going to go into consulting it's important to understand how a business works that's not something you learn how to, to evaluate in grad school uh, That's such a good
0: point yeah I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and again,
1: if if you're going into a consulting job with a PhD, not always, but often the case that you'll be put on some cases that like they're asking for your science background. Yeah. But not always. And, and you can't only be the science expert. You also need to understand like what makes this company profitable? What yeah. doesn't make, you know, what how how will this company crash and burn, right? Yeah. Um, if you're going into uh government and, and government research, you need to understand. Medical devices, the you know re- different regulatory pathways for those devices, like again things that are not almost ever talked about during grad program, uh, but right. again hugely important in in commercialization. When I'm you know, in my job, I'm directing a medical device accelerator program, which means that I help scientists that have ideas for new devices, like basically learn how to build a company and learn how to develop that device through you know ideally commercialization stage. Um, all of the things that, that helped me and have continued to help me in that job were things I developed outside of my grad program.
0: Okay. Yeah, I feel like, um, well, I guess, did it, take, did it take a lot of extra hours on your end to, to devote to those types of things or were they kind of things you picked up along the way? And
1: Yeah, it, I think it, it depends on really what you're looking to get out of it. Um, if, if, for example, one of the things I do just as, as a little bit of a passion project is coach professionally. I do some leadership and career coaching. Um, the like ability to do that as a certified coach took a while. It was, mm-hmm. I think, you know, maybe, uh, almost 200 hours or so of, of between education and actual like coaching practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was worth it to me because that's something I wanted to continue to do in my, in my whole career. Um, but if I just wanted to, do a little bit of learning here and there about maybe I want to learn about emotional intelligence. Maybe I want to learn about how to give critical feedback. You know, there are ways to take, you know, you can take classes online that are only a couple of hours here or there. Um, consulting another great example. A lot of universities now have a consulting club. Um, mm-hmm. It's again, what, what you choose to put into it. If you you know just kind of want to learn the basics of how a business works and you don't yeah. really, uh, crucially want a career in consulting, you can spend a couple hours a week with a um, you know, a case textbook or just going to meetings and often you'll you'll pick it up that way. If you're really serious about consulting, uh, a few months before your interviews, yeah, you're gonna have to take a deep dive and really practice casing and, and learning how businesses work. And, and um I know was a dismay, dismay to a lot of engineers and scientists, like there's tons of math and and you know you <laughs> have to be able to to figure out how all of these things work. Um, writing coaching, same thing. I, uh, just really with no formal experience, went to the writing center and said, Hey, here are my things that I've done before. I'm passionate about helping this. Like, will you take me on and let me coach other students? Um, it was, it was kind of as I, as I wanted to do it, I I think I coached for maybe three hours a week. Um, and it, I mean, you know, one week or two weeks, not that big of a deal, but I did it for three years and, you know, I Mm -hmm. feel, very you know very much qualified to to continue to do that work professionally now
0: um, yeah and it, it, it's kind of a with writing it's like a practice makes perfect like I look back on my undergrad theses and I'm like what was I thinking here yeah why weren't there more edits <laughs> but, but obviously right, right. I now see like the progress that I've come through
1: and sure that's
0: all all professional and personal development aims for is like just to better yourself
1: right and and I, I think again I would avoid the feeling or, or maybe avoid the urge to like do something. Cause uh, I didn't have a lot of free time in grad school. I had enough free time to do the things I wanted to do that were, that were really important to me, or, or I guess a different way of phrasing it is like, I made time for those things, mm-hmm. but only the things that I knew I, I needed to make time for it. You know, I can't um, I can't do everything other than my research, right? Like at some point right. the research has to get done. And, and I, i think that that's totally fair like that's ultimately what you're getting your degree for is the research that you're working on for phd or or for your master's in some cases um but i also wouldn't straight to the other extreme and feel like this is all i'm allowed to do or or all that i should be doing um because i just i think that sets you up at such a different starting point than than some of the other folks that have done other things there's a you know asterisk of like is that fair and you know you're some labs or some research groups are very supportive of outside activities and some aren't. And that is a very important conversation, um, that, you know, we're not really super touching on here, but like at the end of the day, you are kind of responsible for your own career development. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's gotta be, it has to be a priority for you because it won't be for anybody else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a little personal antidote here, um, I spent a summer doing some research with an ecologist, um, yeah. environmental research and throughout that whole summer, four months worth, I used the program, R, R studio. Um, I got very, very good at it, yeah. <laughs> but that's because I had four months of training and right. very intensive. Like I knew I had to know what I was doing, but right. I was also getting paid to do that. So it was great. Um, but now, um, in in my um, grad school, there's a lot of people just kind of trying to learn it because they know that it's it's probably going to be important as yeah. um, some type of geoscientist, by bio- environmental scientist. But and they're like, how how can you do all these things? And I'm like, I literally was paid for four months to do this. Right. I hope I know what I'm doing. Right. But it's not as easy to just pick up some some types of programs, right. and you have to. Like it's a lot of personal time that you're putting into that stuff. So is it is it something you just kind of want to dabble in or do you want to just kind of spend a few hours learning it? Because you could learn a lot on certain programs right. um, just in a couple hours too. But So I think it's important not to compare your developments
1: to other people's right. as well. Yeah. And, and again, that goes back to what are you hoping to get out of it, right? Yeah. So uh, one one example that I have is you know, I did some uh, short-term like startup science consulting um, for, for a nonprofit in the town. A lot of that experience is what was relevant in my job search and, and yeah. kind of really gave me credibility when I went to apply for the job I have now. Um, but, but again, what was my goal with that? I wasn't necessarily looking to be a full-time consultant. Uh, it was more about I'm not getting the business and like other associated concern aspects about healthcare and about medical science from my grad program. I'm not. It's not designed for that. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I want those things because that's the career field that I want to work in. So I needed to spend enough time doing that outside activity to where I felt confident like I am relatively knowledgeable about this subject. You know, I, I don't need to be an expert again my first focus has to be my PhD work. Otherwise, you know, I shouldn't be in the program. Um, So I can't spend, you know, full-time employees worth of of work on that other stuff, but I do need to spend enough time to where I feel like I'm capable. Um, For me, that looked like uh, over the course of a couple of years, I think three or four times I had six or eight weeks where 10 hours a week, I was doing a side project. Um, That's not always feasible for everyone. And, and, for me, in fact, there were times where that wasn't feasible and I didn't sign on for a project during those times. Um, same thing with coaching. You know, it, it took, I think, like I said, a couple hundred hours altogether, um, but that was spread out over a year and a half. And I was able to get, okay, you know, I have an eight hour block here that I can do mm-hmm. eight hours. I only have three or four one hour blocks here and here that I'm just, you know, slowly adding up over time. Yeah. Um, and and in both of those cases, I feel like I did enough to, to where it was, you know, got me to the end goal that I wanted to get to.
0: Cool. Uh, I like that. Um, so if people are kind of just wanting to dip their toes into the realm of professional, personal development, because yeah. we say start as soon as possible, but <laughs> how do you start that? You know, yeah. What are kind of like your top, say top three picks of sure. like one each of a personal and professional development yeah. um, that you would recommend someone to start with?
1: Sure. So again, I think it's going to depend on what you want to do. Yeah, uh, it's a very personal. It
0: is right. like a very personal thing as well. Um,
1: yeah, sure. If so, so let's see. I'll, I'll try to get through um, some some maybe high you know high key points that that make sense. If you're looking to go into a, a academic teaching career, um, whether research or not, I think a teaching program of some type is uh, maybe not a necessity, but certainly a, a bump. Um, again, it, it says something to be able to say, I'm looking to do either a researching and lecture or lecture only position. And I have been trained in how to teach other people. I've been trained in proper pedagogy and not just, you know, I'm reading from slides. Um, if you're going into an industry, so, so that's an example of mostly professional development. Uh, if you're going into an industry career and by industry, I mean, anything that's not academia, um, learning a bit about how companies work is is crucial uh you know i i think there's such an interesting like divide between academia and non-academia that like a lot of things that happen in companies both good and bad like you never learn about it until you're at your first job yeah you don't know
0: until you don't know (laughs) right exactly You're,
1: you're in your job and like a great example is you know i was kind of financially minded and i have been this whole time and you know my my wife went from uh, undergrad into her career directly. Right. And then went to, went back for MBA later. So like I, I've understood this whole time, how mm-hmm. things work, but I know when I was talking to some of, you know, friends in my grad program, or, or when I was, uh, I did a, a, episode with a personal finance podcast recently. Um, a common thing is, you know, grad students will get into their first job and they're like, okay, how do I like set up my health insurance to deduct from my paycheck mm-hmm. and how, what's retirement and how do I save for it? And, oh, what is vacation time? And and like personal and sick leave. Like, why
0: don't we ever learn these things?
1: Exactly. And and those are things that, you know, learning about how businesses work through some outside activities is going to help you. It can only help you. So that's not really, I guess, not a specific example. If you're looking to do something outside of academia, look for clubs on campus that are related to outside of academia things. So as an example, consulting clubs are really common, um, becoming increasingly more common, depending on where you are. Um, again, writing centers are huge. I think either academia or industry, uh, learning how to write and also learning to coach others on their own writing, super helpful, not, not ever going to hurt. Um, I'm going to probably shy away from like research specific things just because like I think that's a little bit more clear cut in, in how to get that type of experience. Um, Again, something that I really benefited from was a like leadership coaching institute. Those are pretty rare, admittedly. I, I was, you know, very lucky to go to a school that has one. Uh, has kind of colored the rest of my career, honestly. Um, but a lot of schools do have some type of additional training programs on campus for a variety of topics. They can be certificate programs. They can be um, like more more in my wheelhouse, coaching and training and and teaching programs. And a lot of them are available for free. Not not all, but a lot um, that's crucial. Uh, also don't be afraid to go to your like local, uh, career center. I know that yeah. it can be sometimes hit or miss for grad students just because there's still this assumption of like, Oh, you're just going to go into academia. Like we don't need to really do that. Um, but I think that's going away. And, and you know, I really got a lot out of going to my career center, not just like as a graduating, you know, fifth year PhD, but even the, my first year, because they helped me with, okay, let's maybe get you connected with some alumni. Let's yeah. let, you know, can you, sorry, that's another great point. Find the <laughs> alumni from your lab, Yeah, not just from yes. your program, but from your lab specifically. I, uh, all of the things that I was involved in, in grad school originally came as a tip from somebody that was older than me, whether they yeah. had graduated already or whether, you know, a fifth year, uh, the consulting program, a, a fifth year grad student said, hey, I think you might be interested in this. Why don't you join? Done the coaching program, a third year grad student says, I'm really enjoying this. I think you should try it done. Right. So like these, yeah. like wealth of knowledge in the, that I think older years of your, of your program are, are really there to, to be talked to. And, and I don't know, I, I can't speak for everybody, but like, I loved getting the opportunity to talk to some younger students and kind of guiding them, um, or at least just telling them my experience with some things. And, you know, as same thing now as a career professional, you know, if there are uh, students in my former lab that are like, hey, what do I do? How do I? Happy to help. Like, give me a call. Right. So, So I think talking to people is also just huge.
0: Yes, uh, um, we we're just talking about this on a different podcast, but talking about networking yeah. and um, yeah, connecting to people who may or may not help you. Like, it's just nice to have connections and whether yeah. you're planning to stay in the academic realm or whether you're wanting to go out other ways. Um, I also think conferences um, as intimidating as they could be. and <laughs> um I think they're a really great way to just kind of get a feel for like other things people are doing and um one thing that I did during um grad school was um I helped plan like just a student conference and getting involved with that uh taught me like leadership skills um training with people of different personalities yeah um but it also gave me a lot of professional development with like contacting um alumni or other speakers and stuff like that. Like there's a lot yeah. of different um, joining an organization. Were you part of um, any like student clubs or student organizations?
1: I um, was, yeah. So so uh, the first couple of years, first years out, the second and third year of my PhD program, I was in my department's grad student association. Okay. Um, so I did, uh, I hosted social events for them, but also planned, um, there's an annual symposium every year and the, the person in the two vice president seats plan that together um similar kind of thing i was responsible for building this entire program inviting yeah. alumni speakers to come out and you know talk to the students yeah. um I, a lot of event planning my fourth year i was the uh vp of finance for like the university wide gsa wow um so really leaned heavily into like my financial background and just yeah. interest in that um, planned all kinds of events and and fun things for grads. Um, as I said, I was in a uh, nonprofit program outside of campus uh, for some science consulting. That uh, has really grown into a business that that provides, you know, experienced consulting for startups in town. Um, and then again, the, the leadership program I was a part of, uh, not really a club per se, um, but you know, tons of students get continue to get involved with that. Um, something I think also that, that should be said is there's like, those resources aren't all going to be the same everywhere, but there is a shared piece of like, there is something everywhere. Um, and, and whether it's your writing center, whether it's a coaching institute, whether it's another student club, I know a lot of students at my campus were very involved in other like small student associations. Um, there was, I mean, my campus alone. There were a lot of um, ethnic and affinity groups, associations, uh, a gaming association if yeah. you're really into you know board and video games, um, consulting clubs. There were a couple of professional development organizations. Just like go on the grad student website yeah. part of your your university and find out what the you know couple hundred clubs are and just see if like even interested. being
0: being part of a gaming club, you have yep. to contact students, you have to contact yes. other people, you have to organize things like. Those are all just little things that you don't really think about until you're, you know, in a new job position and you have to organize
1: a luncheon and you don't know where to start. Like, and something else that that was so interesting for me is like, again, this speaks to some things we're probably not going to talk about today, but like, I craved my things I was doing outside of research. They they were, they were as much a development Mm -hmm. opportunity for me as they were like a frankly, a lifeline in terms of, you know, getting out of my lab and getting frankly out of my own head. Um, So, you know, maybe that's a little bit of the personal element too, is like, I don't want to be all research and I loved going to these other things.
0: Yeah, no, that's the exact same with me as I enjoyed having something outside of, of university that was still like a development (laughs) factor, not just like an extracurricular activity, but I was still using energy and my brain to like make these choices and stuff. Right. Um, but then I also had like my extracurriculars as well. So, I mean, it's different for everyone, but um, so, okay. So last question um, no. we did already talk about like resources, but um, can you think of like any other specific resources that you could share with the um, listeners so... about where to find these developmental op- opportunities?
1: Yeah, let's, let's do maybe a, like a rapid fire kind of deal. Uh, yeah. I think your university's grad student website portal is huge. Um, a lot of universities have a alumni portal of some kind. You can connect with alumni uh, either directly through that portal or you can get connected through the different grad programs. Mm-hmm. Um, your labs alumni are often easy to find on LinkedIn. We haven't talked about LinkedIn except for networking, but like hugely relevant for just getting in touch with people. Um, Writing center on campus, uh, Career Center on campus. I think any of your student clubs, even like I mentioned, as part of the Grad Student Association, that website is going to have, if it exists, a list of all of the other student clubs that are involved there. Um, I think that's a you know another great place to look. If your department has a student association, not all of them do, but if they do, um, great place. To, again, those, those officers are going to be among the most knowledgeable people in your department because that's their job. Um, mm-hmm. And again, the last thing I, I would think of is, depending on you know the culture of your research program and the culture of your lab, your PI may be very knowledgeable about some things to do I, Again, you know, I know we talked about it's maybe not always in the PI's interest to hook you up with a bunch of really cool things that aren't research. Um, but you know, I think that culture is starting to change a little bit, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I've, I've heard of some students that have gotten really awesome opportunities that aren't related to their research from their PI saying, oh, you know, you seem interested in this. I know Dr. So-and-so they're doing this kind of thing. Do you want to do you want to do it? Yeah. Um, so again, I think it's just, it's testing the waters and, and seeing where it goes. You mentioned conferences. That's another good example.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, actually one of my supervisors was just mentioning this to our lab group the other day is that he's very supportive of things that make you a better student. So if it's a technical workshop that you want to attend, if there's a writing workshop, you need to attend, like, you know, if it costs a little bit of money, he would be willing to, you know, um, supply that for you or, or at least partial um, and everything's kind of, everything's online, it seems still. So, so for the most part, it's like, much more accessible um than right. like having to travel and front costs and everything um so i think it's really important to talk to your supervisors as well and see maybe they have some workshops that they've done in the past or even like sharing resources that um they've accumulated over time um yeah. like leadership skills and stuff um one thing i also wanted to mention um, i was able to do like a guest presentation for uh, a class one day because cool. I it was my prof my supervisor and he was giving a talk kind of specifically about what I study so I was like yeah like sign me up this is some good opportunity to yeah, talk definitely. to public speaking but then also like be able to share my stuff um with the group um and then I also wanted to give a, sh- a not so shameless plug uh or a shameless plug about PhD balance uh we do have a resources page on PhD balance it is currently um in the works in progress but we do have um an academic success resources page that needs a little bit more work to it I think um but we'll be kind of populating it with some stuff there uh we also have a BIPOC uh resources for um you know different information about enrollment practices and um financial resources and also an LGBTQA QIA plus uh resource page so um if anyone's looking. Uh, for some additional resources in personal development. There is some stuff on there as well. Um, And I think overall, it sounds like professional development is very like personal and very diverse for the type of program you're in and stuff. So you might have to do your own research, but um, okay. So before we finish up, Sean, uh, is there anything else you'd like to uh, mention or talk about uh, for today?
1: You know, it's funny, the only thing that I think we really haven't talked about, and I didn't think about it until you just started mentioning um, the PhD balance website as as a resource. When I was in undergrad, I didn't know about, like, and I had a Twitter, like a personal Twitter, but I didn't know about this whole, like, academic social media space. Like, that wasn't a thing, right? It it, it existed, but I just wasn't a part of it. I didn't know. And I really didn't even figure it out until halfway through grad school. And now I'm seeing, you know, I obviously found PhD balance um, found a lot of these other either accounts, whether private or not, uh, podcasts and and websites of like, there's this entire community of people online that are literally dying for you to ask them a question. Yes. Um, (laughs) And and like, I I didn't have any of that. I I didn't have any clue. You know, I, I had a lot of really supportive mentors and people that guided me, you know, through the steps up through, I would say maybe the first year of grad school, um, before I really figured out, oh, all of these other people are here and they're (laughs) all hugely important. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like not so shameless plug. Like I am very open and willing to have people reach out to me. That's a great thing. But like, there's literally millions of people that are just in a similar boat as you, or have recently been in the same boat as you and are very happy to answer your questions.
0: Yeah. Very willing to help because they, they know the pain that students are going through. all right. Well, thank you, Sean, so much. Uh, so this has been Grad Chat by Ph.D. Balance. Uh, Grad Chat episodes are now posted simultaneously on our podcast and YouTube channel Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern time. For more information about Grad Chat or Ph.D. Balance, check out phdbalance.com and follow Ph.D. Balance on Twitter and Instagram at PhD_Balance. underscore balance. Until next time.
1: Bye.